0: Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. What's up, everybody? Can you believe it's the beginning of the holiday season? I mean, depending on when you're listening to this episode, we're only a couple of days away from Thanksgiving. A few days after that is the first Sunday of Advent. And then we're only a few weeks away from Christmas, the greatest day ever, the greatest season of the year. It's also kind of wild because these are the darkest and the shortest days of the year as well, right? We're entering into the the winter solstice, the thing that's like December 21st, December 22nd, somewhere in there, right as the seasons change, it's the darkest day of the year, at least in this hemisphere. That's the northern hemisphere. And what that means is you know, frankly, the, the the beauty, the piercing beauty that comes in the form of the Christ Child on Christmas morning, is is all the more powerful. It, it, it all the more paints uh, a contrast with perhaps the the darkness of our souls, the the darkness of our lives, the darkness of even this historical. Moment. So all that to say, I'm so excited. We've got a lot of incredible, incredible guests coming up and uh, wonderful ways to, to close out season four of the podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Jenny and Tyler. Jenny and Tyler are old friends. They were actually featured in one of our earliest Love Good packages back in 2015. We sent a beautiful record called Of This, I'm Sure, to all of our patrons. And we've been really involved or or, or at least aware of their artistry ever since. And uh, Tyler especially has been a huge friend and a huge brother to me. And so today we get to sit down, we're we're talking over Zoom. I'm live in Tampa, they're live in Nashville. And we're talking about this incredible, exclusive project that they're releasing to Love Good Patrons and Love Good Patrons Only, as well as just all the the beauty and the, the chaos a family life, of quarantine, of figuring out how to continue being an independent artist when they can't do live music. And I would say if if this conversation captures anything, it captures the importance of fighting for your own flourishing, right? You've got to fight for your flourishing and often fight for the flourishing of others as well. All this and more coming in just a few moments with Ginny and Tyler. But I also want you guys to know that our greatest deals of the year are coming on Friday. Yes, it's Black Friday. Yes, we would love for you to spend the entirety of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, obviously with your family, right? But if you if you want to sneak away, rather than going off to, to Crazyville, Walmart, or you know, spending all your money on the enterprise, the, the, the dynasty of Amazon, right? you should go to lovegoodculture.com slash store. We have some crazy, amazing deals on all of our products, music, books, art, as well as apparel and coffee. Not to mention for the first time ever, you can give the gift of patronage to family and friends. One time, $50 $50 purchase gets them the $25 seasonal package both for Christmas and the springtime so it's one of those gifts that just keeps on giving but all of that can be found at lovegoodculture.com slash store and I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on at the end of this episode but for now kick back and get ready because in just a few moments I'll be sitting down with Jenny and Tyler
1: ever understand
0: Jenny and Tyler, welcome to the Love Good Podcast. How are you doing?
1: We're doing pretty well. Pretty well, Jimmy. Yeah. Thanks
0: for having us, man.
1: Yeah, we're glad to be here.
0: <laughs> I'm really glad that y'all are here. And I have to say, it, it feels a bit strange to me that we're not together in Nashville. Yeah. That's the only place we've ever really spent time together. I, I guess, Tyler, I met you, it would have been about eight years ago through our, our mutual friend, Audrey Assad. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we right? Didn't we meet at Carma? That's exactly right. Or am I wrong? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. No, I think that's exactly where okay. we met. And then it was not long after that, that eventually I met Jenny. And next thing you know, Love Good is getting off the ground. And we're sending of this, I'm sure, to all of our patrons oh, yeah. back in 2015. So a lot of life has happened since we met. Mm. And uh, I just would love to introduce our listeners first and foremost to you guys, to your story, to your beautiful family, four kids, countless albums. I mean, I can actually count the number of (laughs) albums you've released since you guys started recording together, but just incredible, prolific artistry. And Mm. I I think it's amazing given that you're independent, given that you are married and you're somehow making it all happen. So perhaps we could begin for those who have never met y'all before, who haven't heard your music before. Who is Jenny and Tyler? Tell us the story.
1: Well, we, I can like kind of tell you our story and, Who, I don't know, who are we? sometimes I'm like, who is Jenny and Tyler? So we met at the University of Delaware in 2004 and we were playing music through the Baptist student ministry together, leading worship. And we started hanging out and jamming to Shane and Shane like every night. And it was super fun. And then at some point around Thanksgiving, of 2004, Tyler was like, I don't even remember exactly how you said it, but it, we just came to the conclusion that we were probably dating and not actually just friends anymore.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we said something like, can we just say that we're dating now and and like be exclusive
1: to yeah, each other? It's just, I'm not sure that we ever even had that, like an actual first date. I feel like it was like just hanging out and then suddenly we're together. I don't know. I I was trying to think about that. Like, what was our first date? And I don't think we had one. But anyway, so we got married in 2007. We were making music that whole, like that whole period from when we started school until we got married in 2007. And yeah, so we made a record together and we recorded most of it in college. And it was the sort of thing where we'd been playing together and backing each other up for a long time but we went to make a record and I said well I have five decent songs and Tyler said I have five decent songs and I said well let's just make a record together and so that was how it turned into Jenny and Tyler and we tried for a long time to find a band name and nothing seemed to fit and so we went with Jenny and Tyler and I also I think We were talking to somebody about this like a couple weeks ago, how when you start making music and you go to have a band name, often you don't even really know what you're about yet. So we wanted something really meaningful, but I don't think we even knew like what our, we didn't know what our sound was. We didn't know what like our primary objective was going to be really. So I think that's why that didn't happen. Mm. But yeah, we've been in Nashville now for twelve years. We've been married for thirteen years. We have a bunch of kids, and we're just trying to keep writing music and hopefully, like, have something to say and add to as as uh, Sarah Grove says, add to the beauty.
0: <laughs> That's um, right. That's right. And I know this question is on everybody's mind. I'm sure you've been getting it left and right. How have you all been? making it work, especially in these crazy COVID times. Obviously it affects your career, but it affects family. You were just telling me how your, your, your oldest or second oldest is, is half of the time in kindergarten mm-hmm. and then others are still virtual. And then obviously you've got a 15 month old as well. Yeah. It's just a lot to be juggling while the world is still semi shut down. How have you guys been since 2020 launched?
2: I I think we felt like this year is crazy, like most people I've spoken with. This year was was a little, even more crazy for us. In February, I lost my sister, my only full-blooded sibling. I have two half-siblings, but I lost my sister in February. And then two and a half weeks later, I lost my cousin. And Mm. then COVID started and then we moved across across town in Nashville. So it just felt like craziness and then upon craziness. We, <laughs> I think maybe three weeks ago, said to each other, like, are we doing well? Like, how do you feel like we're doing right now? And I think for the first time this year, even though virtual school is happening and we're, we haven't been to our church on a Sunday, we've had our our discipleship group consistently throughout COVID, which has been a lifeline to us. But I feel like besides all the external circumstantial oddities, we are actually doing well. Yeah. Do you feel I, like we're still doing well? I feel well?
1: like we're doing pretty well. <laughs> I do think that it kind of coincides a little bit with our kindergartner actually getting to go to kindergarten. Mm. kindergarten doesn't work virtually for anyone who's wondering <laughs> so since <laughs> she's been able to go to kindergarten the house is just a lot less stressed out and i think that's made a big difference and we've also <laughs>
2: it's true yeah and
1: yeah. and we've started our live streaming and i've started yep. writing more so mm-hmm. i think just like we have always bonded so much through music and communicated a lot through music and that has been, that felt like it was just kind of on hold, stripped away for quite a while. And now I can feel us, even though Tyler was doing work when we had our kindergartner at home and then the three other kids, I just never got to do anything, you know, other than kid stuff. And now there's a little bit more space to breathe. So I have a little time to pause. And that means that we're actually able to work together a little bit. And that was something that I think we've just been missing so much, and maybe yeah. we didn't even realize it—like how much we missed it. So, so Jenny's
2: had journal time. She's tracking a song tomorrow with, with someone coming to the house. She's been writing on the piano. So I f- I feel like the music music aspect of you is yes. is really starting yeah. to yeah grow again
1: yeah. Um, It feels like, I don't know if if a lot of people feel this way, but in some ways it feels like COVID has just like stripped away like entire Mm. pieces of our identities. (laughs) I don't, you know, like Mm. just the whole, because you have to shift so much to focus on something else. Like, not that I wasn't like home with all the kids anyway, but there was more, there was a lot more space and not having to like be a teacher and, and find a way to, it's hard with kids if they can't go places and do stuff. So I, I felt like the musician aspect of things had been kind of really torn away from me. And I think probably a lot of mm. musicians are feeling that with the not being able to perform or tour. Hmm. But I, yeah, I feel like we're in a better place right now.
0: <laughs> it's cool. It, it has been a hugely purifying year for everybody. Mm. As you put it, it, it is stripped away so many of the non-essentials to use one of the great and horrible words of 2020. Uh, And and yet we still have to fight for our own flourishing, you know? So if, if being a musician, if being an artist is integral to who you are, it's easy to let that slip when life goes into crisis mode. And I think a lot of people even right now are still in crisis mode. How do you fight for it? I'm so curious, right? We're not all artists. We're not all musicians. But we've all got those areas of our heart, those areas of our lives that have to go well-tended if we're going to really flourish. And that obviously includes things like prayer, things like study, areas of our faith that that have to be focused in on, mm-hmm. right? But even just the other areas of life, you know, for me, I, I haven't played the piano but twice in the last three months, mm. That's a really strange thing to to realize and to admit when I used to play every day. I think a lot of us have maybe been picked up by COVID and kind of thrust into new parts of the country, new lines of work, new areas of focus. And I'm only just now realizing, wait a second, playing the piano is like an essential part of who I am. I've got to get back to that. How are y'all doing that? How are you fighting for that flourishing?
2: Hmm. Well,
0: we... we've
2: set up some pretty
0: strict boundaries.
2: Jenny, like I I wanted to help her with parenting so that she could do other stuff. And we were just running into, okay, well, well now I'm not getting enough work done. And so we've, we've sought counsel and some um, really like maybe for the past five months, we've had this, this older couple speak into, our relationship Yeah, and covid
1: has driven us to marriage counseling. Yeah.
2: It's great. I would say do you want to talk about how you fight for it or
1: Yeah, I mean, I I get up earlier than I have to so that I have my time to write and I've done a lot of, like I've been taking video when I'm songwriting too, when I have the kids around because it's just kind of hilarious. and I want to remember what it was like like to be playing playing piano and ha- and trying to sing and Mary's screaming at me to like help her <laughs> get find like a a crayon and Gabe's climbing on me and then another kid just comes over and has no clue what's happening will ask me a question or something and So I've been trying to just like make it happen to be like, this is insane and overwhelming, but it's going to be this way. So I'm just going to go for it. And I'm going to try to songwrite. I'm going to try to do this. If it's not working, okay, but at least I tried. But yeah, I think trying to have that time. Also just like, it's hard because you feel comfortable with some things and uncomfortable with other things. So like babysitting and stuff, not everybody's comfortable with that. We've kind of just had to become more comfortable with that kind of thing, with people that we know, so that I can actually have that time. But, yeah, bringing kids into it, I guess. I I don't know. How are you fighting for it?
2: For the music part?
1: Or the flourishing. Um, Or the flourishing. I mean, for me. I feel like
2: you allow me to fight. So yeah so well, because Jenny's just like work, Tyler, I want you to work. I want you to get what you, what you want to get done, done. And
1: somebody has to, (laughs) you know, you can't, even though he's home and we're all home. It's like kind of the dilemma that most people find themselves in right now. It's like, you're working from home. So you're constantly interrupted by other things. And I'm like, no, you have to just like pretend that we're not here or something. Go. Mm. Tyler right now is working in our laundry room because we don't have our studio <laughs> built here yet.
0: So That's amazing. <laughs>
1: yesterday our yep. washing machine broke and it flooded the laundry
0: room. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> yeah. So maybe along those lines, kind of we wor- working with what you have. We are working with what we have. Yeah. We had plans to build the studio this fall and those plans did not work out. So maybe, Maybe, maybe by the spring or something, I'll have a separate work area. But for now, there's a, there's a door that closes to our master bedroom. There's another door that closes to our master bathroom. And so I do have two doors before that kids have to get through, like, before they can come get me, which is helpful (laughs) (laughs) when you're trying to to be efficient, because kids are amazing. But they bring efficiency down. Like if you're trying to live an efficient life, which I wouldn't suggest if like in terms of work, if if you're going for that, it might not be the best way to live. But if you are like integrating, as you would say, Jimmy, different aspects of life that are good, such as work, having kids around is just, it just cuts that efficiency factor. I don't know. I don't want to estimate by how much, but yeah. Yeah. So for Jenny to, to like watch the kids. Now I, I will say, like in the mornings, I go out into the living room and I guard Jenny's time. So if when kids come out in the morning, they they need things and they ask, Where's mama? And I'm I, like, Mama is having her time with journal and Jesus. And I do feel like I need to protect Jenny. Mm. Yeah. From the kids.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It sounds worse than it is. I know it does, but. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that's amazing. I've never heard anybody put it that way. But even this desire to protect and fight for each other. Yeah. I mean, I I can't imagine a better recipe for a a happy and healthy marriage, which I think a lot of people are probably feeling the pressure, right? They're suddenly around their spouse, more than they've ever been around their spouse, maybe since the height of their dating and honeymoon phase, you know? And that comes with a lot of intensity, you know, and a lot of opportunity to also grow in, in intimacy. So that's really beautiful. And the thing that really does... Seem remarkable to me. For for over ten years now, y'all have been making music. You have been bringing new life into the world, but beauty into the world. I mean, this isn't a dream. That was two thousand nine, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. You've got faint not open your doors for freedom. Of this, I'm sure, which is really where I got to know you guys very very well. Where our patrons at the time got to know you very well. But even since then, ten thousand miles, Christmas stories for freedom too. There will be a song live at Center Street Studios, right? And now we're just feeling incredibly privileged to have this for Love Good, this Love Good exclusive album, which is obviously a really cool combination of, of previously recorded songs and remixes and even some of these live Love Good sessions. We're really psyched about it. Our patrons are really psyched about it. I'm pretty sure that they're getting autographed copies last I yep. checked, yeah, um, oh. which is super cool. Mm. And the the video that everybody has been <coughs> raving about is Water's Roll, mm. which is obviously uh, a, an incredibly rich and meaningful song. Do you mind telling us a little bit about it and perhaps anything else about this album that is about to be distributed to about nine different countries about you know, 800 different love good patrons. Mm. There's a lot of things you could say, but I'd love to especially hear about Waters' role.
2: Yeah. Well, before we go into this, props to Kevin Heider, because we just did a, like an entire podcast on this song and he brought out like something we didn't even know about the song. Like the line that I was like, this is what I'm, this is what I think about doing this line. And you were like, I did not know that. Yeah. So if, if you don't know, this is like a plug for Kevin. Mm-hmm. Check out that, I think it's called Story, story and, song and
0: Song
2: podcast. I think it's Song and Story. Song yep. and Story. Yep. Song and Story podcast. Do you want to speak about it? Or would you like you can, to? you should. Yeah, yes. so we had become aware of justice issues in college. And we started writing songs around the theme of justice during that time. We came, it was John Foreman. It was John Foreman, like one of his spring, fall, winter, one of those EPs. I'm pretty sure there was a song that was based off of Amos chapter 5, verses 23 through 24. And the song basically says, instead, let there be a flood of justice, an endless procession of righteous living and it's the idea of based off that passage this this rebuke from from the lord to his people saying you guys are singing these songs and you you you're doing the, the the moves you know you're you're doing the sacrifices and stuff but your hearts far and mm-hmm. and i i don't want your songs away from me with the noise of your songs i will not listen to the uh, music of your harps, I think. It, but let justice roll down like a river, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. It's just this, like, like let's get back to the point of of why you're my people, of of how you can reflect my heart, and that is justice in and love, justice and love paired together. And so, Audrey Assad did a, a song based off of this passage as well. I think it was on a record, Evergreen. And I had known about this passage for a while. And I, I was just, just like, I think it's time. I, I want to write a song about, like another fight song about justice. And I, yeah, I feel like that's that's where it started. And then it, mm-hmm. and then it kind of, I was like, okay, who, who are these figures, MLK, Martin Luther King Jr.? What is maybe one of, of our, pinnacle examples of living a life of justice. And, and so there are in his, I have a dream speech. I I took some of the, some of the lines from that. I'm trying to think if yeah. I mean, maybe that's enough to say, but justice and love and God, it's, it's God's heart. It's what he wants for, for us, for his people to Mm. pursue.
0: It was so powerful hearing it live I mean, obviously, that was uh, an acoustic moment, so it was all the more raw. I mean, yeah. the emotion was just evident. Mm-hmm. And I think with that just comes the conviction. I mean, we I don't ask myself the question enough, how is my life an act of, of mercy and justice? Mm-hmm. You know, w- what, what part am I to play at this moment in human history to right what is wrong and to give others not only what is their due, but... But to really find Christ in others Mm. and and to serve Christ in others. I I think it's 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 obvious in in any reading of the gospel, but it it somehow gets missed in a lot of modern, maybe specifically American Christianity, you know. Mm. I get awfully comfortable sometimes, you know, listening to my Christian music, reading my Christian books, being in my Christian Bible studies and discipleship groups. Like I think back to my time in college, it wasn't until I was pulled out of that and thrown into a third world country for a summer that I woke up to the needs of the world mm. and recognized that there was there was a, a call even on my life to go and, and serve. Not necessarily the third world but many are called to that as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's beautiful and it's convicting. And and frankly, we don't hear enough of it in the world of music. Kevin Hyder is a really good example of somebody who cares very much Mm -hmm. about justice and integrates it into his artistry. So I'm really excited for more people to hear that song. There's also like some really cool remixes on this album and you've got a feature from Mac Powell. I mean, come on. Can we just (laughs) talk about one of those songs, any of the remixes or, or even Carry Me specifically. Yeah. I, I hate to admit this in front of all of my friends here, but I'm a big Mac Powell okay, fan.
1: Okay, I am too. There's nothing to be like a little bit,
0: I don't know what the word would be, but
1: Mac Powell is like, <laughs> so I grew up listening. I can remember that self-titled Third Day album. It was like my whole family loved it. So yes. we would listen to the tape on road trips and just like, Listen to it over and over and over again, and I think it was it was awesome because like we listened to it as a family, and it was like good music, like that <laughs> that that self titled record. It's so good.
0: Is that the one with con- con- consuming fire? Yeah, that has consuming oh fire. God, is that what it's called is... it not self titled? I, I know. I think okay. you're right. I just think that's the one that has yeah, consuming and, like, fire, blackbird, and, that is my and thief,
1: and like yes. all these great yes. songs. So um, good. It's interesting too, to listen to that now because Mac's voice has changed so much. And Uh I I mean, I think that's true for everyone. If you listen to our records, it's like, ooh, what happened? Not I mean, not now, it's what was that? Not that Mac (laughs) was like that. He's always been fantastic. But I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, (laughs) I was a huge fan and like had a poster in my room. All of that went to shows, was in the fan club. Yeah, third day was like my very favorite. And so when we were writing this song, Carry Me which is, I mean, essentially about just being sorry, like feeling just the weight of all of the things. I remember when I, when I was writing, it was just like feeling the weight of all the things that I'd done in life or was currently doing or anything and how like, I just couldn't, I needed to give that up, like let, let God carry me. I mean, like I carry that Mm. at me. And so it, you know, it's a song of identity really. I think most of them are, but when we were in the recording process, there's on the bridge, it's meant to be the voice of God, like speaking to, speaking to you saying like, Hey, I'm I'm here for you. I'm, I'm I'm holding you. And.
0: Let (laughs) me guess. So you couldn't bring in Morgan Freeman. So you brought in. Yes. We were like, who should
1: (laughs) the voice of God. And I was like, how about Mac Paul? And, we had, and I was like, he's never going to do that. And we had played this show in Delaware, like years before where we had opened for him. And so we had like, I guess we had his contact information because he gave us his contact information. And I mean, that show, I was in the green room, you know, sitting near him and like having to control my body from shaking because I was so nervous and starstruck. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So anyway, I was like, he's never gonna do that. I was like, the worst he can do is say no. So I asked him and he was like, yeah, I'm really into it. And tracked the part on his tour bus. I think they were on the road. And when we got it back and I heard it for the first time, I cried, <laughs> I was like, Aww. this is so amazing. And I mean, I kind of there have been moments in our musical journey career where I thought, well, that's going to I guess that makes it worth it. Even if nothing else goes like even if it doesn't go anywhere from here. And I did have a moment with Mac Powell being like, Okay, I I could be done now. And this was totally worth it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's so cool. I'm so glad I asked because I in high school discovered Third Day and well, I've never been the same. It's just true. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, here's my, my kind of final question here as we round the corner here and and wrap up a little bit. Obviously you're artists, you, you care deeply about beauty and you want that beauty to be connected to the truth, right? You don't want it to be shallow or, or counterfeit, but, but beauty that leads people to the truth and, and ultimately God himself. How do you do that with your children, right? How do you build that, culture in the home we've caught little glimpses of of how you love and fight and protect you know each other as a married couple i've been to your home a couple of times and i'm 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 a bit like flabbergasted by the beauty of your family life like the the love between y'all is just very evident it's very palpable but how do you build that culture of beauty that culture of encounter in the home for your children as a family what does that look like Mm.
2: we ask for forgiveness a lot we do we uh like even if it's a very minor offense we we just like the kids Gabe doesn't know how to speak yet but (laughs) anyone who knows how to speak is is usually saying not necessarily I'm sorry because some sometimes people aren't sorry but will you please forgive me is is maybe the most repeated thing in our house and pretty much every time our girls pray at the table, because we don't, I would say like, we don't really pray with them. If somebody gets hurt, maybe, or if we hear, hear bad news, we might pray. Or like at bedtime. Bedtime. Yeah. But pretty much we pray before meals, like that's as a family. And it's usually pretty short, but like Mary, her prayer is, is kind of the same as everyone else's. We try to vary it up a little bit, but it's like, Daddy in heaven, thank you for this food and slavery and the killing of innocents. And help
1: the virus to be gone. Help she the says virus everything. to be gone.
2: <laughs> um, in Jesus' name, amen. And like, so it's, there's something to that, I think, that like something to just a, a simple prayer like that. They do, they do all know the Lord's Prayer. And I like saying that together too as a family but it's not as common as mm-hmm. as like that short that shorter one but we encourage their art too yeah
1: we have an art room like a room just like a makers space
2: like we i mean we put their artwork up on the fridge and stuff yeah. and celebrate them
1: yeah like use that as a often if someone's losing it the my response is okay go draw Or, you know, go read something or go swing on the tire swing. But it's a lot of like, hey, let's take that emotion you have and let's make it like tangible in a way. Or like, I mean, when Mary's three and I'm like, can can you draw what you're feeling? You know, she's like, (laughs) she draws just circles all the time. But then she'll tell you what it is. And it's not all the same thing, even though it looks like it is. (laughs) So I I, I hope our kids know that like, Expressing emotion is beautiful. Hmm. And I think one of our main goals in our house is like, let's express emotion. Let's not suppress emotion. I think feelings and emotions are always good. The behavior is not always good, but I think we're trying. I really want to live in a house where like, we're mindful of each other's feelings, needs and have empathy. And I think, yeah, I think that when you do that, and when people feel heard and seen, that enables them to add to the beauty, to be mm. creative.
2: I think pausing, pausing, yeah, pausing has pausing. a lot to do with with empathy because Mary gets hurt like it seems like every hour or two because um, <laughs> she's, she's three. She just gets hurt. She, <laughs> she steps on something or falls on. I don't know and Jane and Sarah now, they just don't even notice really. Like, I mean, they might say like, mommy, Mary got hurt again, (laughs) but there's, I feel like we have to model that empathy Mm -hmm. and that in order to do that, we actually have to pause. Mm -hmm. And for me, I pick, I picture what I feel like what my memories are when, when that happened to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, Oh man, you stepped on that upside down cheetah, like doll today, which she did. And she started crying. I was like, man, that thing is pokey. Mm -hmm. Cause I've stepped on it and it hurts. (laughs) And I'm like, like just that little bit of, of like mental, that exercise, I guess helps me with empathy a little bit. And it's still, I've got, I'm, I'm not where I want to be with that.
0: It's beautiful. I mean, it obviously helps in your love for each other as a family. It helps in the the crafting of a song. It helps in every season of life and every human encounter. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And I'm also just so privileged and and honored and excited that we get to, to feature you all in this December package, winter package. It's obviously the beginning of the holiday season at the end of a very trying and difficult year. Yeah. So it's a beautiful moment to reclaim hope and to remember, hey, we're not home yet. You know, We're not home yet. And we're gonna try to catch as much beauty as we can and add as much to the mm-hmm. beauty that there is in this world, knowing that it all fundamentally reminds us of heaven, our heavenly homeland. And I I must say that, that y'all's music has always done that for me. It's always pointed beyond. I think great artistry reflects reality points beyond reality it reminds Mm. us where we're ultimately headed and uh, y'all are an incredible incredible witness to that so god bless y'all i wish i was in nashville with you right now but i'm really pumped to get your music our uh, very exclusive and exciting project out to our patrons and as always we'll look forward to doing this again sometimes yeah
2: thanks brother thanks grace and peace to you thank you so much for having us man
1: where every color tongue and cast is free And all man's wickedness is finally seized Where every mountainside hears freedom ring
2: Where the waters ever roll
0: Pretty amazing stuff. I mean, I never tire of conversations with Jenny and Tyler. I mean, they're just everything you'd want in a married couple who's making music for a living. So beautiful. Their kids are radiant. I tell you, I've been to their house quite a few times and their kids are just Amazing. I mean, they're raising a beautiful family, and they're obviously finding a way to continue make a living making music. In times like this, there's nothing easy about that. So, all that to say, we're just privileged, so privileged to feature Ginny and Tyler and our upcoming package to our, our patrons. And not only that, we've got a Christmas record from For King and Country. We've got a vinyl from Drew and Ellie Holcomb. We've got a beautiful Love Good exclusive edition of Hearth. And Field, a brand new agrarian magazine. We've also got an ornament. We've also got a 2021 calendar, most of which, almost all of this, you can't find anywhere else. Okay. Uh, These are all Lovegood exclusive items. If you're not a patron, you've got to get signed up. Join Lovegood.com. Make it happen because these packages are going out, I think, at the beginning of next week. All right. So it's a great way to. Really fill your life with beauty, especially during this Advent season leading up to Christmas to fill your heart with hope and anticipation. But also, as I mentioned earlier in the show, this is your chance to also do a little bit of Christmas shopping, all right? Go to lovegoodculture.com slash store. You're not only going to get crazy good deals on all of our typical products, music, books, art, apparel, coffee, etc. you're also going to have an opportunity to buy patronage for family and friends. It's a one-time purchase, $50, gets them the $25 package, not only in time for Christmas, but they'll also get the spring package later in March as well. It's a great way to give others a taste of the beauty that many of you are already enjoying as patrons. in fact, you know, if you're not even sure you want to subscribe as a patron yet, but you'd like to even just give yourself the gift of patronage and try it out for a couple of packages, this is a great way to do it. So again, lovegoodculture.com slash store for all the Black Friday deals. Those will go live live on Friday. And we're just so excited to be journeying with you guys through this holiday season. There's so much to come. We've only got a few episodes left in this season of the podcast. And next up is going to be another bonus series, which we'll tell you about soon. Nothing but love and prayers from all of us here at Lovegood. We hope you're having a splendid week. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time around. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.